0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way back with you guys again for another episode of our press box series show in which I'm joined by one of our colleagues over at football.london and I'm very happy to be joined by Kaya Karnak. Hello, you mate, are you well?
1: I'm good mate, thank you. I've had a very nice weekend. Spurs lost, Arsenal won, United lost as well. Went to a tune last night, Everton lost. Yeah, perfect weekend from an Arsenal perspective.
0: Amazing stuff. How was June? I I hear good things. It was good.
1: Yeah, it was good. I'm not normally someone... Yeah, I don't (laughs) normally go for all those sci-fi kind of um, movies. It's not really my kind of thing. But yeah, I, I saw it in IMAX. It was long, but it was good, yeah
0: oh it's one of the. This, this this seems to be the thing at the moment. Three hour films is. I, I hope yeah. they don't do that for football matches because ninety minutes. Yeah. You know they they threaten that whole hundred or what is it? They shorten it and then stop the clock with when it goes out of play. Have you seen these oh proposals? Yeah, it's only really years. <laughs> <laughs> no. but they end up changing the game so often that it could actually come into fruition. One yeah, day you never know. Across.
1: You never know.
0: You never know indeed. But what we do know is that Arsenal battered Aston Villa on Friday and it was a privilege to, to be at the ground and watch the game. Kaya, give me your reactions to Arsenal's 3-1 win over Aston Villa. Uh,
1: I think it was the best Arsenal played all season. I think it was much better than the Spurs game for the reason that um, the levels were just kept as high um, for a very long time. Spurs, I think, was a good like 10, 15 minute burst. And then within Arsenal didn't really need to play beyond that, the game had been won. Um this time the goals were a bit more spaced out. Obviously one came in the second half, um, one right on the stroke of half time, the final pick of the half. So it was it was it was good. I, I we, what we were looking for from that Crystal Palace game and what was lacking was that intensity. Um, mm. Arsenal started fast and then they dropped off massively. I think you guys covered it quite well in your tactical sort of analysis show, uh, you and Josh. And yeah, after this time around, I haven't seen the tactical breakdown in terms of minutes, but I think it would, I assume it would be relatively consistent because Arsenal didn't take their foot off the gas. They were dominant throughout the first half dominant for most of the second half, and yeah, it's it's really reassuring to see, and I think the best Arsenal played all season.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting as quick as I can onto that tactical analysis side of things. And, and that'll probably be out on on Wednesday because of how close the Leeds game is. I think we're going yeah. to look at both of them in, in unison on Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to get all of that content. But I imagine I agree with you. I think it will show it a lot more balanced. Uh, some Arsenal fans even said it might have been one of, if not the best performance under Mikel Arteta, which is quite a claim. But I suppose when you, the context is of how poor we've been in a few games this <laughs> season, when you see us play so well in that game. It is quite a, a significant step up and, and contextually, I suppose, it, it shines. But there are obviously some individual performances that were really, really good on the day. And we saw some really good kind of combination play of a lot of the players on the left-hand side with Nuno Tavares and uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. But also, Arteta went for the decision to use both Lacazette and Aubameyang together. What did you make of that dynamic and do you think it's something that he might now choose to stick with going forward?
1: Um, I th- So I, I, I did a predicted lineup before the game and I couldn't see how Lacazette was going to play. So Michael mm-hmm. Arteta did a good job of finding ways to get him in there. It's not how we've seen Lacazette play with Aubameyang in the past. He's played number 10 in the past behind Bamiang. It's not really worked. I think he played there in the North London derby at uh, Spurs last season when Arsenal lost 2-0 and put in about 50 crosses in the same game or something. And it didn't, didn't really work then. The difference this time was they were much closer together, the two of yeah. them. And Lacazette was, he worked himself into the ground. That's why he had to come off after 60 minutes, because he was he was everywhere. He was, he was close to Smith-Rowe, he was close to Saka, he was close to the midfield, and he was also getting forward to be close to Aubameyang. So it meant Arsenal had more players in the box, which helped I think Villa had a back three on the day, which obviously, sometimes when you're a lone striker against a back three and you get isolated, that can be difficult. So it meant that Aubameyang didn't get stuck up front on his own. And then they had someone to link play nicely with uh, Smith-Rowe, who was obviously fantastic. And it worked really well. Um, whether Arsenal will use it going forward, I think they will in some games. Um, I think it's it's a I think a wake up call for Martin Odegaard, who maybe would would have thought that he was the guy in that position, and that if he wasn't, then Smith Rowe was going to play there. But things have changed now, and Arteta has found a new solution, which is good for Arsenal. I think they'll probably use it next week against Leicester. Leicester will also generally play with a back three, um, and. I think it would be weird to change a winning formula now. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's a good thing that Arsenal stumbled across, and um, I'd, I'd like to see it. I don't think it will happen in every game, just because I don't think Lacazette can play every game. But um, yeah, I don't I don't see why it can't work for the short term.
0: Yeah, neither do I, to be honest. I think it's going to be something that... Arteta does like these kind of... Not seasonal, but you know what I mean? When he finds a couple of things that click and uses them for a few Sticks games a bit, yeah. until the other team or the other managers yeah, kind of work it out. Yeah, he does that.
1: It's not always the best of things. Though. We think like last season he had that with Xhaka at left back and sometimes mm. it sort of blinds him from it. So I think teams will work out how to play uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang together as a two. But I think they do work nicely together. They do have a good partnership. Obviously, they're good friends off the field. But playing-wise, they seem to combine with each other quite nicely. They're both very different centre-forwards, so it works quite well as a sort of fire and ice type uh, duo. But yeah, it's it's nice for Arsenal that they found a way to get their two best goal scorers onto the pitch, and unsurprisingly, more goals came as a result of that.
0: The the Northland and Derby, the feeling after that game was quite similar. in the, In the days after, it was kind of like a, a massive high after getting that result against a, a tough opposition, Aston Villa. I, I include in that are a tough a tough side to to get a result. They did the dub, double over us last season, so you've got to pay them re- the respect they deserve. They deserve, and you've definitely seen them improve their side. They've lost Grealish, but they've added some really crucial players. To their side and they've played some good stuff. But do you did you get a feeling after this game? that was slightly different to the Spurs match in the sense that after the North London Derby, Arsenal dipped in those games against Brighton and then Crystal Palace and weren't able to necessarily carry on that momentum. Did you get a different sense after this game that we might see something different in the next league game?
1: It's difficult to say because Arsenal are the youngest team in the league, so they're going to be inconsistent. That's something Arsenal we're just Mm -hmm. going to have to accept. That's going to happen this season from one week to the next. We don't really know what kind of team we're going to get. And that's just the reality of having a really young squad. Um, I think... The signs positive were that, obviously, from Crystal Palace when the team really tailed off. Almost immediately afterwards, the feedback was from Arteta and from what we were hearing at the dressing room was they knew it wasn't good enough and they knew it had to change. And they've learned their lesson. And obviously, it's easier said than done to keep up intensity like that for long periods. But obviously, there's a Leeds game to get out of the way first. But they go to Leicester next week, which will be a much sterner test than Villa. Villa are a good, good side, but they played really poorly on Friday. I think that's because Arsenal made them play poorly and Arsenal were so superior rather than necessarily Villa being a terrible team but (laughs) Leicester will obviously be a more tricky test and it'll be interesting to see whether they're able to keep that momentum going I think I would like to think that they can because Leicester themselves have shown a few weaknesses they've obviously started to pick up form a bit recently but I think yeah Arsenal Arsenal will be hopeful that they can keep up the momentum but with the young team it's there's no way of really knowing for sure.
0: Lastly, on the Villa game, because I, I feel like I'm ignoring it if I don't talk about it, our left-hand side was was really solid. Um, one of the things I picked up from the game in, in one of our pieces was talking about how uh, Tavares and Emile Smith-Rowe linked up 30 times um, in combination, which was 13 more times than any other pairing of any other pair on the pitch uh, for both sides. So it does show that connection. It's Actually, when we played Spurs in the North London derby, Tierney and Smith-Rowe linked up just 13 times. So it shows kind of that step up and how much further forward, I suppose, Tavares is is willing to go. And I think Gabriel's strong performance at left centre-back definitely enabled him to be a lot more chaotic uh, for the opposition. With Tierney's fitness, we know it's an issue, but this injury isn't, we're not expecting it to be a a big, big problem for us. And it's just kind of a short-term thing. When he does return and he will return, How does Arteta manage this situation? Because do you continue to reward the the young guy for putting in such a great performance? Or do you acknowledge that Tierney is, on paper, the better left-back and our starting left-back and slot him straight back in?
1: Um, Just before I answer your question, I'll I'll throw in Albert Samuel laconga for a little bit of praise to that left-hand side because he was playing left-side of Central midfield. He was sublime on the day. Um, I think Tavares knew what he was coming into when he signed for Arsenal. He knew he wasn't going to be first choice he knew certainly not immediately and I think he knows that when Kieran Tierney's fit nine times out of ten he's going to end up on the bench and that's something I think he will have to come to terms with I don't I think Tavares was good but at the same time I don't think that we can expect him to be like that every single game I, we've not seen it consistently from him at any stage in his career he's never had enough games he was very young when he broke into so It was quite recently that he broke into the Benfica side before he came to Arsenal so um, if I were Michael Arteta, I would go back to Kieran Tierney just because he's the guy who you're a contract extension to. He's the guy who you're talking about making your captain one day. He's also the guy who created more chances from open play than any other player last season. So he's someone who, when he's on his game, he's the most important. one of the most important parts of the Arsenal attack. And I think he's he's capable of the kind of performance we saw Nilo Tavares put in. Maybe not in mm-hmm. terms of the amount of shots Tavares put off and the the right-footed sort of crossfield switches that were really nice to watch, but I think it's just a a really good thing that Arsenal have two good left-backs, but they've not had it for a very long time. I think arguably since Monreal and Gibbs, those were two solid left-backs. They've not really had a consistently solid duo of left-backs since that time, so yeah, now it's good, and I think Whatever happens, whatever Mikel Arteta does, him and Edu... I put a tweet out about this. Actually, I got quite a lot of stick for saying it was an obvious spot, but no, him and Edu deserve not, not on credit. Twitter. Wow, exactly, <laughs> not on Twitter, not not abused on Twitter. But the the feedback I got was that it was an obvious spot. But I think it a credit for bringing Abreu because he is the right profile of player for what Arsenal want to do in terms of the attack. And last season, when Kieran Tierney was out injured, even if it was just something as small as a bruised ankle that kept him out for one or two games. That would have been a full-blown crisis for Arsenal. It's it's not anymore and the reason for that is excellent recruitment by Arsenal in the summer and I still have my doubts about Nuno Tavares. I think he does everything at 100 miles an hour which is great to watch but also quite scary just because I think there will be times where he's caught out of position defensively and I I saw that a bit in a couple of his Carabao Cup cameos or performances this season so Mm. I wouldn't start him ahead of Kieran Tierney just yet. He'll probably start against Lee's Tavares so we'll see if he's able to keep up the performance there, if he is, mm. then maybe he's in with a shout for Leicester, but I'd still have Tierney as my first choice.
0: Fair play. Um, speaking of Leeds and the changes that will be made, are you expecting big changes? I mean, against Wimbledon, we saw quite a strong squads in, in that game, and Arteta's has spoken about wanting to keep the momentum and, and kind of keep that, those winning runs going, the unbeaten run going more importantly, but there are a lot of players in this squad that aren't playing much at all right now, and you you do need to try and find that balance, and it's incredibly difficult. So, how do you see him tackle it in this game and team selection?
1: I think we will see big changes. I think um, he mentioned before uh, the Villa game that there were a few players who were sort of on the verge of being injured, so that will come into it. I'm expecting Bern Leno to come back. I'm expecting a completely changed back four, except for Tabarez, who we mentioned. Um expecting changes in the midfield. I think Maitland-Niles and Elneny will come in for Lokonga and Partey. I don't think Will would be Smith-Rowe play. I'd be surprised if he saw Saka play. I'd be surprised if he saw Aubameyang play. Maybe mm. Lacazette will play, but I think now that he's sort of established himself as a member of the first team, I can't see it. So I would expect as many as nine, 10 changes for that these mm. game. I think Odegaard finally, might
0: come back in as well. Yeah, Odegaard could yeah. come back
1: in. Pepe could come back in. Players like that. So it wouldn't be a weak side by any means. Mm. I think Arsenal have a really strong squad. So that's where it comes into its own and they're they're capable of competing on two and three fronts in the future. So yeah, I think those players need games and Mikel Arteta knows he's going to have to call on them at any minute. Someone like Tavares, someone like Nakonga, they wouldn't have been expecting to play as much as they have done, but they're playing yeah. a fair amount. So those guys need to be kept sharp and they need to be ready. So games like the ones against Leeds, especially for keeping morale high around the place, are going to be crucial if Mikel Arteta wants to sustain a long-term challenge this season. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
0: The same questions kind of arise about the League Cup game that were there for Wimbledon, even though the level of opposition is much bigger. And there is always excitement around the opportunity for fans to see players that they've not yet seen that yet that are coming through the youth ranks. And because Arsenal's under 23 squads, as you know, from visiting London Colney and speaking to head of academy, Pair Matazaka, which is a video that's doing really well on the channel. So if you have um, not checked it out already, please do go watch uh, Kaya's chat with, with Pair. It goes into lots of detail about what's going on and uh, it's got a lot of good feedback so far as well so congrats on that video it was very good thanks, um thanks. But in regards to kind of where you see the possibility of more young players like patino is a big name that comes up salah of course is doing really well for the for the 23s and people are getting excited about him you've got some younger players in the defense and flo Baligan who hasn't got any opportunities really bar the start of the season when everyone was injured or ill he hasn't really had that chance so far so do you see any of those young kids getting a chance in this game
1: um salah no i think he's not quite there yet in terms of um players that we've seen really impressed maybe on the bench but i don't think he'll play i think ahead of him in the pecking order is charlie patino who Mikel arteta said was close but i'd be surprised if he started just because he plays defensive midfield or deep line midfield leads press really high so that would be quite the baptism of fire sorry to throw him into for his first ever senior appearance i think If you're a midfielder, a game like Leeds is really tough. You need Mm. to be solid on the ball and you need to be able to bounce back when you make mistakes because it's going to happen. And I don't know if there's anything at under-23 level, which is quite like the kind of press that Leeds are going to provide, even if it's a much-changed Leeds side for a Carabao Cup game. And Leeds have got lots of injuries. Marcelo Bielsa only has one way of playing. So I would be surprised if Arteta threw them in for such a a difficult test. Flo Baligan, I think, could get a chance. I I would be disappointed if he... Doesn't get the opportunity i'd I'd be quite disappointed actually if eddie and ketia plays ahead of him um eddie is a guy who he scored a lovely goal in the last round Mm. but he's not going to be here for the long term and flo balligan is i think flo balligan needs the chance to put himself in the shot window for a move in january uh, a loan move in january Mm. and i think tomorrow's game would be the perfect chance for that the Leeds game would be the perfect chance for that so no lacazette probably no obamian probably Seems like the perfect chance to play Flo Balligan up front against a Leeds defence, which is going to be carrying a lot of injuries. And yeah, hopefully he'd be able to take advantage and score some goals in a really important match for us
0: uh king says big up and kaya uh, would you keep the same back four as we played against crystal palace um uh, and of course the one we used against aston villa too so that they can get even more game time and should balogun and martinelli start? i know you touched upon balogun briefly but martinelli and that back four you said earlier that you would probably make a lot of changes by so would yeah. you would you make those changes and martinelli how do you see him fitting into the game
1: Martinelli, I'm hoping he doesn't start on the right wing again. I just think his best position is on the left, and he did a good job against Wimbledon on the right, Uh, let's be honest about that, but um, yeah, I'd prefer to see him on the left. I think if you're going to play him, you might as well give him the best chance to succeed, and then Arsenal, like we say, with injuries, uh, Saka might might pick up an injury, nearly did, ahead of the Villa game. Players can pick up injuries. Smith Rowe was carrying an injury going into the Villa game, so they need players like Martinelli fit and firing and confident, so I think it would make sense to play him on the left. Um, for the back four, I would change it. Yeah, I'd change it big time. That entire back five, except for Tavarez, who I think he's not quite fit. And maybe Kolasin actually come in for him, but I wouldn't do that myself. I'd keep Tavares at the side. Um, yeah, just because I think Rob Holding needs games, Pablo needs games, um, Alan Chambers or Cedric, whoever he goes for it right back, they need games. Same for Bernard Leno. So yeah, you've got to make changes and you've got to have centre-back shot because uh, central defence is a position where I think it's quite important to be as... Sort of match ready as possible, just because you need to be so switched on all the time. So, yeah, Rob Holding and Pad Memory would be my defensive pairing for that league game.
0: Uh, Diddly Squat says Leeds' first team has a lot of injuries, so I doubt they'll risk more in our cup game. I expect a lot of changes in their lineup. And just taking a brief look, uh, Robin Cock, Luke Ailing, and Patrick Bamford are all injured at the moment, um, and three obviously big players in their first team that they're missing. Do you think Bielsa, considering kind of their, the the issues they're having in form in the league, will look at it either in the sense that this is a chance to? trying to get an upturn in form and to get a bit of a spring ball forwards or do you think he sees the Premier League game at the weekend as a much more of a big priority and will make wholesale changes too?
1: I don't think Bielsa really cares too much about the Cups uh, from what we've seen of him mm. with Leeds. To be fair, when um, Leeds did come to Arsenal in the FA Cup a few seasons ago when they were still in the Championship, they played mm. a very strong lineup that night. Um, I think Bamford played, then White played that night as well actually. So mm. They they played a strong team in that game. They could do the same again tomorrow night. I'd be surprised because Leeds are struggling a bit in the Premier League right now. They've only got one win so far this season. They need to start picking up some more results. So I'd be surprised, with, especially with those amount of injuries. No, uh, no Robin Buck, uh, no uh, Ailing, no Bamford. Players like that It's going to be really hard without them. So, yeah, I think they need to probably rest some players. But Bielsa, he's, he, he's a man unto his own sort of. <laughs> I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. He doesn't really play by anyone else's rules. He'll do whatever he, he wants. So he's enigmatic. Maybe he is. yeah, enigmatic, <laughs> enigmatic. So we might not think it's the strength, the right thing to do, but you know who knows with Marcelo Bielsa, anything could happen
0: with that league. Absolutely, player. absolutely. Just looking at their side that they used against Fulham, they drew nil nil and and won on penalties against Fulham. Uh, Roberts played up top with Rodrigo, Click, Shackleton, Somerville, and Dan James played. Uh, junior Furpo at left back, who's barely. I mean. We have barely heard anything about Junior Firpo since he arrived from Barcelona this season, whatsoever. Dallas Cresswell, Calvin Phillips played in a defensive role, and, and Meslier was still in goal despite them having, of course, a backup keeper in in their in their midst. But uh, it is unpredictable. Also was, is. yeah. Really I mean, that's fun. quite yeah. a strong lineup for Leeds. I've mm. got um,
1: a mate who's a, a big Leeds fan, so I, I get uh, a lot of a lot of stuff about <laughs>
0: Leeds coming through. He's going a lot moaning at so the moment. I imagine a lot moaning. No,
1: he's actually very positive. I mean, I think yeah. they're all quite um, understanding about the fact of how many injuries they got and they were grateful in Masa, the Bielsa so I think yeah that these that team is quite strongly seen from, from what I hear of those names so I maybe, maybe I was wrong maybe they'll play a stronger side than I was expecting
0: so. food for the soul says good content as always guys and went on to ask you a question about their squad which we've obviously now touched upon and Kunjan says hi Tom and Kai I feel you guys are the most trusted Arsenal news journalist. kudos for your great work thanks K- thanks Kunjun. really appreciate the kind words um Aaron says Kai what do you think is Arteta's plan with Enketia? why did he play against Wimbledon is Arteta trying to convince him to stay by giving him minutes I think
1: uh, interestingly, post-match, what um, Mikel Arteta spoke about with Eddie Nketiah was how he was setting an example for how to conduct himself in training, given that he knew he wasn't going to be playing in Premier League games. He's not been included in any of the Premier League squads. You look at Bamieang and Lacazette both started on Friday, but Nketiah still couldn't make the bench. So mm. that says where he is in sort of Arteta's plans right now. But I think the the reason, yeah, he played, as I mentioned, was to sort of send a message about if you want to get into this side you have to train hard. And if you train hard, I'm going to give you chances. And I think, I guess the rest of the squad will have seen and Kessie doing well on the training ground, and someone who's maybe not got a future at Arsenal, but is still being rewarded. So maybe that was what Arteta was trying to do um, in terms of playing him against Wimbledon. I would hope that he's not going to do that again against um, Leeds just because I really want to see Flo Balligan play. I've watched him for the under-23s and he's Mm -hmm. sensational. He's so good at that level, too good for that level. So, I want to see him play. I want to see him get chances. And um, I think Eddie's had his chance. I don't want to be too harsh on him. Uh, Maybe he'll be extra motivated because, of course, he had that time on loan at Leeds and it didn't work out. So a bit of narrative there. But honestly, I think Eddie Nketiah has had his opportunity and it's passed him by. And Flo Balogun hasn't had that chance. So now it's Mm. time for the next guy to step up.
0: Yeah, no, it is. I think it is an opportunity now for Arsenal to to just look to move on from It's If he's not... They've put a contract offer on the table. He's not accepted it to... to give more investment in him now would be a little counterproductive so I agree with you uh, and Flo as you say is, is smashing it <laughs> at, uh, under 23 level as you would expect him to for a player of his quality uh, before we wrap up uh, there was one more topic that I wanted to discuss uh, after kind of covering the, the Aston Villa and the Leeds stuff and it's slightly away from, from Arsenal and England uh, of course back in France William Saliba has been getting on very well uh, at Marseille and had a really good evening last night against PSG came out of a clean sheet um, and impressed with quite a few of the statistics that he was throwing up from the game and there's an amazing last-ditch challenge on unkilling on Mbappe which has gone obviously viral as you would expect it to what what do you make about the, uh, his kind of loan spell so far this season we've not really touched upon him too much when me and you have had a conversation on the press box so I'm, I'm intrigued as to your thoughts and, and how you think Arsenal sees him going forwards
1: Um, So, I put out a piece this afternoon, actually, and the information we've heard at Football.London from the club is that Arsenal do want him back next summer. There's no talk of, at the moment, at least over a permanent deal. That could change. Um, Marseille have said they show interest in the idea of having a permanent deal for Saliba at the end of the season. I'm sure if he keeps up his performances in Liga and there'll be plenty of other teams who will be interested in his signature as well. Having said that, I think for what Mikel Arteta is trying to do at Arsenal, and if I look at what he's invested so heavily in with Ben White. I think Saliba and Ben White are really similar players. I think in terms of the ability to bring the ball out from the back, passing ability, um, that kind of stuff, yet yeah, not being dribble passed very often. Um, yeah, that's that's very similar. And I really like Rob Holding and I get, I I think a lot of people are really harsh on him, but I think as good a player he is and as good a leader he is in that back four and in the squad, He's not as good on the ball as Ben White, and that's the reason Ben White is in the side ahead of him at the minute. And obviously, yeah. also Ben White's been doing pretty well defensively. But I think if Arsenal were to lose Ben White, then they'd sort of have to change the way they play in terms of building up from the back. Whereas if Saliba were to come back, then um, they wouldn't have to change the, the way they play. And it will be a really interesting competition between White and Saliba to see who was able to get that spot. So yeah, I, I think Saliba definitely has a role to play in the Arsenal squad. I, I, I looked at that tackle and it was unbelievable. Normally, I, I think maybe it was Paolo Maldini. He said, uh, "If I've had to go to ground, I've made a mistake in the first place." Sort of mm. positionally, if he had to go to ground, he meant that he was sort of covering for a mistake he made in the move. That wasn't the case with Saliba. He was goal side. He was doing the right things. It was the back is really quick, <laughs> yeah. and you know it happens. And Saliba was as quick on the day, and he was mm. able to get back and. If you've got that in your locker, as well as all that ability on the ball that we've seen, and the strength, and all the qualities that you need to be good in the Premier League, I would really like to see Saliba given a chance next season. I think it would be such a shame if Arsenal spend 27 million pounds on a player who we can all see is really good, and to never play him ever yeah. in an Arsenal shirt would be would be a real shame. I don't. Also, he'll only have two years left in his deal um, next season, mm. which means that Arsenal will not be able to get as much money as they probably would have been able to get if they keep him playing for a season and getting signed an extension. So just thinking practically, at the same time, from Saliba's point of view, he wants to be playing. So does he want to come back and sort of be second fiddle to Ben White and fight for that place? If there's no European football for Arsenal next season, we've seen Rob Holding has hardly got any games this season. Pablo Murray has hardly got any games this season. Callum Chambers hasn't even played a minute since August. So yeah, well. you can find yourself a long way off the first team if um, you find yourself second string with no European football. So yeah. there's a lot still to happen in that Saliba transfer saga. It was a four, three, four year long transfer saga now that I think it's gonna carry on at least till next summer. I am hopeful that he stays and I think most Arsenal fans are hopeful as well. I,
0: I cannot see a window in which there isn't any interest of in anyone after the performances he's put in so far this season. And I also, if, if Arteta is still in charge next summer, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility if if an offer came in that they were tempted by that they would. I I think they would lap it up. To be honest, it's it's where I see.
1: Yeah, no, that that, I think I I, I hundred percent get what you opinion piece. Yeah, 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 that's that's not what we've heard from the club, but I think I can hundred percent see why you would think that, and I can see why people Mm. looking from the outside think that Arteta maybe has a bit of an issue with Saliba. Personally, I think sending him alone this season was actually the right thing to do. I agree. Yeah. I think he wasn't going to get those minutes that he needs at Arsenal, especially with no Europe. So I think, yeah, that was the decision. Obviously him, Edu, and his agent had those talks at Highbury house before he moved to Marseille. And I'm assuming there would have been some talks about how they plan to use him going forward in the future. Otherwise, Mm. surely that move to Marseille would have been a permanent one. So I think, I think there's something there still for Saliba Arsenal. I'm, I don't know. I can't tell if it's just hope clouding judgment or anything like that, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what we've heard from the club and that's what we know about the situation. Yeah,
0: of course. Just to provide a bit of context, I think like around the opinion of that, it's, it's around kind of how we've spent obviously 50 million pounds on Ben White. We've got Gabriel is doing really, really well. Saliba, we know wants to play and with him not being a player that Mikel Arteta or the current regime signed themselves or was signed under Unai Emery and, and Raul Sanyahi. So if there was an offer that came in, I, I don't think it's far fetched to suggest that they would consider. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I hundred percent
1: get that school so, of thought, and I, I see why you've why you've come to that mm. conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I I want to see him stay. I want to see him get plenty of minutes and, and prove that he deserves to to be in the Arsenal squads. And we know he's got the talent from what we're seeing in uh, in France this season. That's for sure. Anyway, Kai, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. As always, mate, tell people where they can find you.
1: No worries. Um, as you can see on the bottom of the screen there at KayaKainat97 on Twitter, I'm on Facebook as well, Kaya Kynet journalist, and I am on the london website, which is where you can find all my articles and all the other good
0: stuff. Absolutely. You can also watch Kaya's interview with Per Matazaka, as I mentioned, on the Arsenal Way channel. Make sure you check it out if you haven't done so already. And you can see Kaya put through his paces at the Arsenal training ground as well <laughs> in a separate video, which is very entertaining. I can attest to that for sure. You can find myself at Tom Cameron, Media, and you can find our Twitter page at The Arsenal Way N5. So make sure you go and check out all of that good stuff too. If you have enjoyed the video, please do drop a like on the show and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show we will see you again tomorrow morning for the arsenal agenda but just to remind you to keep following us down the arsenal way